You've seen their TV shows. You've watched their webcasts. Now, Partigan and Stapes invite you to Poker in the Ears. Hello, my babies, and welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Here's my work wife, James Hardigan. Hello. It is our Monte Carlo preview show, and I guess I should specify, since we've been there 2,000 times, 2018. The EPT is back, really back. Technically, it was back in Saatchi, but now it's back to somewhere where it was before. Just go with me on this. Okay, stick with them, people. We got broadcast times. We got broadcast schedules. We got commentator lineups. We got free roll information. We got, what else we got? We got a Platinum Pass giveaway to talk about as well. So much to get through. Plus, certain changes to how the main event's going to run. We've talked about the uh, Big Blind Anti thing, but there's a couple of other things we should mention as well. Excellent. And speaking of commentator lineups, one of them is joining us today. Her name is Maria Ho. Yes, Maria was with us, of course, for the PCA. She's coming back to Monte Carlo. In fact, Maria is already there and she's playing. So we'll check in with her and uh, preview our main event coverage. We're checking in with her on what is probably going to be a tournament break for her. So we're going to keep it nice and tight, but we will be playing Know Your Co-Host. Uh, oh, I, I can't forgot. believe, I cannot believe, by the way, that anyone could score worse at this than Lex Veldhaus, who clearly knows nothing about anyone. Yes, and since Maria uh, has known us, known me for a very long time, I'm hoping she fares a little bit better. Uh, I forgot, though, I've been playing some live poker, so we can talk about some of that Ooh. this episode. Yeah, some of it happened on my other show, but also I went to Vegas last weekend and played some poker. Uh, Superfan versus Stapes is in the house, and then his former Monte Carlo qualifier... Robert Pankowski, he has challenged me to his season four of Black Mirror, and he can go fuck himself! Now, Joe, I did you a solid here because I managed to rein it in and kept it to season four, the most recent season of Black Mirror, because Robert's original suggestion was the entire anthology, and I figured that would send you over the edge. There's no way I could have done it time-wise. Luckily, I was about halfway through season four already. Actually, I only had two full episodes to watch i just had uh episodes five and six to watch but um you know how black mirror a lot of it is about uh, psychological torture and uh, just mental anguish well that's what i went through watching this show i am never watching this show ever again it's a great show i just can't take it it's really i don't know how to describe it but it is it is it is emotional distress for me, and I don't I don't need it. Okay, let's get Joey back to his happy place. Did you finish season two of Sneaky Pete? Yes, I did. And fucking wow! Great season oh finale. God, what is amazing wow. about this show, and I'm going to try and say this without there being any embedded spoilers. Yeah, you think the twist is obvious, and when the twist is revealed, you're like, yeah, I saw that coming, like from episode three, and then you realize, no. That's not the twist. It was too obvious. There's a bigger twist still to come. It's so good. It's so good. And the twist is great. But not only that, but once all the twists and turns and the, the crime has all been resolved, the way they resolve all of the other storylines is very well done and very satisfying. And they leave a few questions, but they answer many of them. They basically answer many of them and then ask one or two more big ones and i just thought that it was a man graham yost he is just he knows how to craft a story arc and he knows how to wrap it up in a satisfying yet not completely 
finished way. Justified like, just, was another great show as well that yeah. he uh, that he was involved in. Um, I did see you praising the show um, on Twitter, and I, I'm always interested in what people are replying whenever you say something. And there was one guy who said season one was better than season two and it's not even close now the first part i personally disagree with i actually thought season two was better than season one however i would be willing to concede that some people will prefer the first season but to say it's not even close is just objectively wrong i agree i agree with you james and disagree with him that i think there's an argument for each of the seasons yeah. especially based on what your tastes are uh because the the tone was like significantly different, I think, between the two seasons, which I thought was pretty cool, too. But I completely agree. It is very close. You yeah. cannot say it is not even close. Um, just just wow. Loved it so much. Now, talking of Twitter, um, I've actually been using Twitter DM to keep in touch with Maria and try and schedule this uh, interview today around yeah. the break of the event she's playing. And it was on Saturday that I finally kind of confirmed that she would be in Monte Carlo uh, on Wednesday and we'd be able to speak to her. And because she was using DM, I actually opened Twitter on a Saturday, which I don't normally do, by the way. I try to stay off social media at the weekend when I'm in the, with the family. Question, question about that. When you do open Twitter on Monday, do you read every single tweet? No. You don't. I have to obsessively no. like I will wait days to read the tweets because I need to read them all. Now, granted, I don't follow that many people, so it's never that big of a deal. But you just like you just pick things up in the here and now. I see Monday. some stuff. and I see other stuff. But crucially, by opening on Saturday, what I did see while in the aisles of Sainsbury's on a Saturday afternoon was that the company I used to work for has been bought by the company I now work for. Heard about this huge deal that we've just done. Uh, to buy Sky Betting and Gaming. And I know we don't normally talk about industry stuff on this podcast, uh, and I don't really want to kind of blow smoke up the asses of the company we now work for, but this is absolutely huge. And I think it's quite ironic that kind of both of the big kind of poker TV shows that both of us, I guess, have worked for over the last kind of uh, five or six years are now coming together under one roof. Uh, does that mean we're going to be back on channel 1207? <laughs> Someday. I don't think so. I think that TV show is is long gone. Thank God, because that was my own personal black mirror. Five hours <laughs> of doing that TV show every week, just analyzing 25, 50 cent poker. Yeah, well, he's got aces, so that's it. You just know those aces are going to get cracked. Otherwise, we wouldn't be looking at this hand. And yet again, <laughs> you sit there trying to dispense the advice that, yeah, playing premium starting hands is a solid strategy. You really shouldn't be playing the 8-4 offsuit uh, to a 3-bet. And then, of course, the 8-4 gets there. And everyone at home is thinking, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, you <laughs> were playing poker. Tell us about Vegas. Yeah, so I bought tickets months ago to see this band called Alt-J, uh, which is a uh, like a rock alternative band. And so I did a little road trip to Vegas in between episodes of the other show. Hey, question, and what happens if you press Alt-J? I assume it comes from the command on the keyboard. Oh, that's a great question. I have no idea. I, I think Don't J do it. Is like Don't do it. We're <laughs> relying on your computer right now to communicate. Not in the middle of the show. I'll try it some other time. Great band. Great show. And uh, I went actually with uh, an English girl whose whose dad works in the poker industry in London. Apparently, he does like events stuff for some of the casinos around London, like providing tables and stuff like that. Uh, anyway, I ran so hot on this trip. I taught her to play video poker. She hit quad aces four times. No. Playing video poker. Yeah. Um, 
And so, and every time you do, it's for like 200 bucks. You know, we're playing quarters, but still. That's ridiculous. And then we played some Pi Gao where I got dealt four aces in Pi Gao. And I was like, oh my God, I have four aces. And the dealer's like, do you have the fifth one? Because four aces pays 75 to one. The fifth ace, the little joker, pays the payout on the mini jackpot, which was (gasps) $200,000. I did not have the fifth ace. Something tells me you didn't, because I'd like to think that if you'd won 200 grand in Vegas, I'd have heard about it by now. Chances are, this podcast record would not be happening. That's right. It would have been like, James, I quit! Um... (laughs) So yeah, I did not. I did not win the 200k. And then, then we played some live poker. And um, it's funny when people say they know how to play poker, which th- this girl obviously did know how to play. She refused to sit at my table because she was like, "Well, why would I want to sit at a table with you? Like, I want my own best chance at winning." And so I knew that she didn't quite know what she was doing when she played her stack down to seven chips. And, and and sat there for a while playing playing out of a seven dollar stack, but um, I managed to on my show last night also hit quad aces. There is something weird going on here. Something very weird is going on. In the very first hand, we had one of the Real Housewives on, and on the very first hand, she was bluffing and she told everyone at the table earnestly, "I have quad aces." Now. There was only one ace on board, so we all got a really big chuckle out of that. Uh, (laughs) Not two hands later, I really did have quad aces, so something weird is going on. I really hope we can continue this theme. I really hope that when we get to Monte Carlo and we're covering uh, the events (laughs) there, that there's loads of quad aces at the table. Fingers crossed, because I love a good through line. Uh, Let's talk about Monte Carlo, shall we? As you probably guessed it, this is the theme from Monte Carlo 2018. The EPT returns to the French Riviera, returns to Monaco, Joe. I'm actually really excited about this trip. Despite the fact that we've been to this place, as you said yourself, a gazillion times, I'm looking forward to going back. It feels like we haven't been there in a while, um, which I know it can't possibly be true because it's it's been a year, but it... Usually these trips are like, oh, is it this time of year again? And it really does feel like there's been a couple year break from it. So here's the weird thing. And this is peeking behind the curtain of this podcast record. It's Wednesday afternoon, UK time. Uh, I've gone early flight on Thursday morning to Monte Carlo. So by the time you listen to this podcast, I'll already be in Monte Carlo because I won't have a chance to release it until the Thursday afternoon, by which time Joe will probably have arrived because you're what, packing your bags and going to the airport pretty much as soon as we're done with this record? 
Yeah, it's 7.30 in the morning here in L.A. My flight's at 3, which means I need to get there at 1, which means me, the warrior, I need to leave about 11. So we'll wrap this up in an hour or so, and I've got about two hours to pack and get out of here. So we will it, – it is – we are hot on the heels. Yeah. Um, so let's just talk about some of the things that are happening in Monte Carlo, including our coverage. Let's start with the broadcast schedule, actually, shall we? Uh, okay. The good thing is the time start time is going to be the same every single day with play starting at noon local time, which means with our 30 minute delay, because we're cards up every day, we go live on the web at 1230 Central European summertime every single day day so that's good to know and our coverage is seven days seven consecutive days starting on saturday the 28th when we'll be covering the final table of the 100k super high roller now i know people like it when we can cover the preliminary days as well but at least we're going to bring you the final six playing down to a champion and Every time we do a super high roller, there's always a, a stellar lineup on the main stage. Oh, yeah. So there's no reason not to expect that this isn't going to be a great lineup. Um, after the 100K event... Actually, James, but uh, turns out I'm going to miss the beginning. I don't know if you've heard. I'm going to miss the beginning of that broadcast on the Saturday. They got me involved in some uh, shoot where me and the team pros are going to get spun around in circles and have to take shots at a soccer goal. So... While you are kicking off the super high roller, I might be puking on the beach. Well, my understanding is that that shoot finishes at noon. And my understanding is we don't go live until 12.30. So you've got 30 minutes to recover. Excellent. Stop vomiting and start speaking into a microphone. No rest for the wicked, Joseph. Uh, and also a slightly different gig for you on the Sunday, what I call the gap day, because we finish the super high roller. Main event doesn't start until Monday. So we've got something special planned. We're calling it the Twitch special because it's mainly Twitch streamers. We've got Lex, we've got Finton and Spraggy, we've got Nana Noko. Uh, a bunch of team pros who normally stream are going to be playing a single table tournament with a difference. There's going to be an interactive element in this, and I don't want to say too much, don't want to give too much away, but there are going to be quirks, changes to the game, there are going to be challenges for some of the players at the table, and I think this is going to be a bit of fun. Should be an entertaining diversion between the Super High Roller and us kicking off our main event coverage from Monday the 30th to Friday the 4th. And for the main event, we have got a few changes to talk about. All right. Well, I'm ready to hear them, James. You know, I've, I've decided I'm not going to play the main event this year. I am, you know, just going to break the mold and I'm going to do commentary instead. But uh, I'm still interested in hearing what the changes are. Okay, so we start with the big blind ante, which we did trail for Sochi. They decided not to implement it at a casino where we didn't have our own dealers, but at the Salle des Etoiles in Monte Carlo, this is going to come in. So the idea here is that instead of each player at the table posting an ante, the big blind posts an, a larger ante on behalf of the entire table. And this has led to some really weird blind levels because they've had to make some compensations to the small blind to offset the big blind ante. So while we're always used to the small blind being half the big blind, not always. I noticed, for example... Oh, Jesus, tell me I got to pack my calculator... There is one blind level, Joe, for example, where the big blind is 300, the big blind ante is 300, the small blind is 100. So it's 100, 300, 300. 
Okay, please tell me they didn't mess with my precious 5100 levels. I don't think it really matters because, crucially, big blinds, you can still do the, the math because that's always going to be the same. It's it's where the small blind is not quite half the big blind that it just kind of messes with your head a little bit. But, okay. again, the first time we've had it in the main event, it's been used in the high roller events for the last few stops on the tour and seems to be very popular. So, hopefully, people find it speeds up the game. I'll be interested to see how it affects stacks um, on the bubble, how it affects people when we go deep and the blinds start escalating, whether the game moves faster, not just in terms of the dealer not having to worry about collecting antis, but whether it kind of puts more pressure on certain players or whether it allows more play in certain spots. It will change the dynamic. It will change the flow. Um, we're also introducing the shot clock in the main event. It's Whoa! It's com coming into play from the start of day two, and of course, we don't cover those 10 levels on day one. So from when we start our coverage, the shot clock will be in play. So it's a 30-second shot clock, and it will work exactly the same as it does in the super high roller and high roller events. When the action's on a player, the dealer will give it a beat, and if it then looks like the player is taking their time over their decision, they'll start the clock running, 30 seconds. And everyone at the start of the main event will be given six time bank cards of 30 seconds each. So effectively, you have a three-minute time bank. And what I was interested in, Joe, is do they get additional time bank cards as the tournament progresses at the start of each day? I was just about to ask that. The answer is no. Whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Well, please tell me they at least get to bag the time bank cards yes. so that they don't have to. I, of course. I brought, my, I brought my time bank cards to my room last night and I left them in the safe. So if you get through day two without using a single time bank card, you put those six cards into your bag along with your chips at the end of the day. However, I do think it will be controversial in the view of some players not to give people additional time bank cards at the start of day three, at the start That's of day one four. one per day. Yeah, right. and I've got to be honest with you, I'm not sure I agree with that. I actually think that on bubble day, and also when you get to the final table particularly, there is a very strong argument for giving additional time bank cards. And again, want to point out, this is the way it will run in Monte Carlo. If the general consensus, if the majority feedback is we want additional time bank cards, then I will look at it before Barcelona. Because this to me seems, we've kind of gone from the sublime to the ridiculous a little bit. Yeah, so uh, so they're gonna run the they're still gonna run the shot clocks during the bubble. Yep, the shot clock will be in effect on the bubble. Um, it's gonna again. This is gonna affect the pace of play. The shot clock combined with the big blind ante means I think that the pace of this will escalate, and I think it will make very interesting viewing, and it'll be interesting to see what adjustments we have to make to the structure and the length of our broadcast days to accommodate this. Uh, the final thing that's different for Monte Carlo is that it's a single re-entry main event. Oh. So obviously Sochi was multiple re-entry, and it was possible to fire off seven bullets. And again, if we are going to have re-entry, and I'm still not a huge fan of main events being re-entry, but if we are going to allow it, at least restrict it to one. And this, I guess, is the compromise solution. And I can just about accept this. Now that I know it's single re-entry, I'm considering playing again. 
Good for you. Uh, so let's talk about what our viewers can expect on the stream. We're going to have a Platinum Pass promotion, once again, linked to the daily challenges oh, on PokerStars. Oh, when you said we're giving away a Platinum Pass, you mean we're giving, we on the stream are giving away a Platinum Pass. We gave away one during the PCA stream. We gave away one during the Sochi stream. We're going to be giving away a Platinum Pass to viewers on our Monte Carlo stream as well. So challenges will be set. Uh, there will be a free roll on the final day for people who've completed challenges. couple of changes from Sochi, and I will tell you one of those changes now. Before, you had to complete multiple challenges to be in with a chance of winning the Platinum Pass. That will not be the case here. But you will stand a better chance if you complete multiple challenges because your starting stack in the free roll on the final day, on May 4th, will be dictated by how many of the six challenges wow. you have completed. So you will be super shallow if you've only completed one challenge. If you've completed all six, you will be super deep. All right, so you could have uh, a deep stack or a chip in a chair. Plus, there will be free rolls every day, $2,000 Pokestars TV free rolls. No more star codes. We got the message. Didn't go down well. People didn't like the fact that they don't work on mobile devices. And I appreciate that the vast majority of people these days prefer to play poker on their smartphones or tablets. So let's ditch the star codes. But there will still be passwords, different names, different times of day, short registration periods. Crucially, these free rolls are for people who are watching the stream. If you are tuning in just to get that information, chances are it's not for you. Um, commentators, let's talk about who's on the team, Joe. Obviously, it's you and me for the lion's share of this, Woo! but we're going to have pros alongside us. We've got Lex Feldhaus for the Super High Roller. Lex is going to be dispensing pearls of wisdom and hopefully not swearing all the time uh, during the 100k final table. Finton and Spraggy are going to be with us throughout the seven days, and Maria Ho will be joining us for the five days of the main event, because yes, we did mention that Maria is already in Monte Carlo, so without further ado, let's check in with Maria and ask the question, how is Monaco? It's great, um, mostly because I'm still in the tournament that I'm playing in. No, <laughs> I always come, I come here a lot and it's always nice to be back, so. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you for an update for the simple reason that by the time people listen to the podcast, it'll be old news. I love it when people do like live poker updates on pre-recorded programs it's like a lot can change very quickly i mean we could record two versions maria well done for winning the tournament maria commiserations for not winning the tournament there we go and we'll, we'll fix it in post <laughs> maria i am very first of all i've been working with your best friend for the last few weeks so i feel like i've been very close to you but it's gonna be i'm as usual i'm always excited to see you but i'm very happy to have you on main event coverage yeah, I'm excited to be back doing commentary. Obviously, PCA was a ton of fun, and uh, I expect the same. We had a couple of weird moments, Maria, me and you, on the uh, <laughs> on the break desk. I'm looking forward to more of those. Right. The hand on the leg one was very interesting <laughs> for me as well. Now, weird moments guaranteed. Sadly, no break desk. I think we're going to be a bit more relaxed, a bit more laid back, maybe, than things were at the PCA. Um. Obviously, Maria, Joe and I don't arrive in town till tomorrow. So give us the uh, the lowdown. What's the weather like? What's it looking like in terms of numbers? Is it busy? Okay, well, 
to start. The weather could be better, nah. but it's, you know, it's not terrible. It's, it's nice enough to be outside. Not that any of us go outside. Um, as far as the tournaments, yeah, it looks really busy here. The, um, the 1100 is really uh, big as far as turnout goes. And, you know, you see all the familiar people in the 10K um, preliminary events. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, I did check in on the 10K. I saw that Tim Adams had like the chip lead at the end of day one and it had a decent field. I think about close to 50 entries. So fingers crossed. Um, we just talked about some of the changes coming into the main event, Maria. And I think the big one for everyone is the shot clock because something that we all observed during the PCA was how tiresome it is when people are taking five minutes over every decision. Now, 30 seconds per decision and you've only got six 30-second time bank cards. You've only got a time bank of, of three minutes total for the entire event. That should change things. Yeah, it's obviously much more watchable from a viewer's experience, but also I think we might have to be a little more forgiving in our commentary now because I think people who aren't used to playing shot clocks will make, you know, more mistakes or, you know, they'll have decisions where I think, you know, we'll have to kind of take that into consideration because it's really not a lot of time and I don't even have that much experience playing with shot clocks and I can honestly say it really changes kind of how deep you can get with your level of thinking. Joe, are you capable of being forgiving? Oh, my God, I have to be because I need to be forgiven pretty much more than anyone. Good point. Well made. Um, so where did you come from? You, I, I take it you didn't come across the Atlantic. Were you in Europe before this? I was. Um, I was in Amsterdam, actually, before this. Um, there was another event out there. And I was thinking about, you know, going back to North America. But, of course, I can't skip Monte Carlo when you guys come calling. So... Yeah, just any I'm not your beck and call, boys. I just say the promise of being in the presence of Joe Stapleton's bearded face is all <laughs> it takes to change your travel plans. Despite that fact, she still agreed to join us. Uh, Maria was talking about stateside stuff here. Was Jamie Staples on your sister's TV show? Oh, my gosh. Wait, which show was he, like, about the weight bet? Was he on The Doctors, or which show he, was he on? Yeah, he was on The Doctors. Yeah, that is my that my sister's a panelist on that show. That's so funny. I don't know if my sister was uh, she's not on all the time, so I would be really interested to see if she was on for that episode, but that would have been cool. Are you sure that's not the one he said was canceled, Joe, when we spoke to him last week? Oh, maybe he didn't end up doing it. All I know is he said I saw that he was going to be on The Doctors and I'm like that's I'm pretty sure what a weird crossover issue here. <laughs> where <laughs> Jamie Staples is on TV with Maria Ho's sister. But yeah, maybe it didn't end up happening. Uh, Maria, have you been doing other presenting since the last time we saw you? Let's see. Since January? No, I don't believe so. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh, wait. No, I have. Uh, U.S. Poker Open, I think, was in February, right? So, yes, I have. And that was a great event. So February feels like a year ago, let alone like a, a, a few months ago. I know it all bleeds together at the end of the day, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and speaking of great events, how was your birthday? Did it get wild? I once again had a sweat it from Instagram, but it looked pretty awesome. Yeah, it was, wait, was that a little bit of a needle for not getting it? Uh, uh, I was not available. <laughs> yeah, I know. I checked with your manager and she told me you weren't going to be able to attend, so. Which is why you set um, the date for that particular occasion. <laughs> Yeah, it was a really nice birthday. It's always, you know, like the older I get, I just want to do chill 
kind of, you know, rent a house, have all my friends come over and, you know, play games, drink wine, other shenanigans, but no more clubbing for this one. I'm so glad that you said that you want to play games, Maria, before, because before we let you get back to the tournament, you got to play one of my dumb games. I will be honest, this is one of my least dumb games ever. <laughs> That's what you always say. This is actually very important, Maria. This is a bonding experience because obviously we don't get to spend a lot of time together when we're not on the air. And this is a chance for you to understand what maketh the men. The background information to really, truly understand Joseph Stapleton and James Hartigan. Okay, then I'm, I'm, I hope I do well. This is, is going to make us better as a commentary team. Yes. Here we go. It's called Know Your Co-Host. Question number one. Which quote-unquote celebrity has Stapes never name-dropped? Is it A, Keegan-Michael Key, B, Sam Simon, C, Shannon Elizabeth, or D, John Cho? A. Oh, A is incorrect. I, I name-dropped no. Keegan-Michael Key as often as humanly possible. No. John Cho is who we are looking for there. Oh. Maria, you definitely knew... Yeah, I know. I knew B and C was for sure a lock, like, but I just, yeah, all right. I thought that, uh, yeah, uh, Keegan, Keegan's a good friend. Anyway, question number two. Uh, what's James's all-time favorite video game franchise? Is it A, Call of Duty, B, Grand Theft Auto, C, Doom, or D, Plants vs. Zombies? Oh, no. I'm going to go with Doom. Doom is incorrect. James Hardigan, what game are you obsessed with? Grand Theft Auto. Oh, James was so game. obsessed with Grand Theft Auto that uh, he played it so long one day that when he got behind the wheel of his car in London, he accidentally drove around the wrong side of the road. I can't believe you remember that story. That is a true story. <laughs> question, question number three. Which of the following embarrassing things does Stapes not routinely publicly admit to? A, crying during movies. B, nicking his undercarriage while man-grooming. C, constantly being ghosted by the opposite sex. D, having diarrhea. Oh, it's between B and D. I'm going to have to go with... Oh. oh, God, D. Yes! I have, in fact, never publicly mentioned having diarrhea. Good work, Maria. On the board. Yes. <laughs> Question number four. In 2014, James gave Stapes what additional nickname? Was it A, Joey Butterfingers, B, Joey Big Phone, C, Joey Split Jeans, or D, Joey Bag of Donuts? I think it's D, but I really wish it was Joey Split Jeans, and I want to see the pit. <laughs> <laughs> it could have Big been Joey Split Jeans because you adopted... Joey Big Phone. Joe got the iPhone 6 Plus and put oh. some ridiculous case around it that made it look like a television set. <laughs> it was a big phone. Question number five. This is very important, Maria. How does James take his tea? Is it A, with a splash of milk, B, with milk and sugar, C, black, or D, two sugars? Oh, God. It's like... I want to say, I know, I like, I want to say black because I think that's the way it should be drank, drunk, whatever. But <laughs> I feel like James is English, so, ooh. What was A again? A is a splash of milk. Oh. 
I mean, uh, okay, I'm gonna go with a splash of milk, but I really hate that you do that if it's true. James? James? Yes, Joe. Do you wanna tell her if she got it? Maria, you got it. However, yes. however, I do sometimes have it black. If you'd said black, I would have accepted the answer because I do sometimes not have any milk. When I say a splash, it's ridiculous. It's just a drop just to take the edge off. It still effectively looks black. Okay, well, that makes it a little better then. You're two and three. You're two and three. If you didn't get that one, we weren't going to let James requires that all the commentators bring him tea. Uh, question number six. Which quote-unquote celebrity does Stapes claim gave him the nickname Stapes? Was it A, Keegan-Michael Key, B, Sam Simon, C, Shannon Elizabeth, or D, John Cho? <laughs> okay, well, guys, I'm not an idiot, so I'll rule out D. Uh, but, uh, this, I, okay. I mean, you said you're really close friends with, but then I also know you spent like some time with Sam Simon enough where maybe he gave you a nickname. So it's between A, okay, I'm going to go with B, Sam Simon. Oh, Keegan Michael Key was who we were looking no, for I mean, there. Maria, how like much? Tried to be tricky there, but okay. I was hoping you'd go for John show. Bria, how much time do you have left on your break? Because I'm going to base the number of questions on how much time you have left. I have two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more question then so that we can get you back to your uh, back to your tournament. Last question here. James once had a cat named A, Ghibli Cat, B, Roger Meower, C, Angelina Jolie, or D, Chairman Meow. Oh, God. I really like Chairman Meow, like, as, just in general, as a name for a cat. <laughs> I think it's amazing. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with B. Oh, that was a good guess, knowing that James is a huge James Bond fan, but it was not Roger Meow. It was Angelina Jolie, and it was not actually my naming. She was an adopted cat from Battersea and the vets had already given her that name and I just liked it, so we kept it. Uh, Chairman Meow, by the way, I believe the comedian David Baddiel coined that one. That is a great name for a cat and had he not already stolen it, I definitely would go with it. So since uh, we can hear bathroom doors closing and stuff, let's get Maria <laughs> out of here. Maria, good luck in the tournament, good luck in the bathroom and we will see you in a few days. <laughs> Thank you, I'll see you guys soon. Thanks, Maria. Bye. Bye. Poker in the ears. So thanks once again to Maria. Looking forward to catching up with her when we both arrive in town tomorrow, Joe. Um, before we get to our super fan who has a Monte Carlo connection, a couple of points of business, uh, because of course there is a free roll before we get to Monte Carlo as well. Yeah, but what what happened to that ginormous Sunday million? Oh, that, like, yes. I was super jealous that people got to play in that. Yeah, so this was the Sunday million 12th anniversary take two. Uh, crucially, it covered, I guarantee. <laughs> no, more importantly, it felt like a Sunday million anniversary. It was huge. More than 40,000 unique players, 56,310 total entries, a prize pool of 11 million two hundred and sixty two thousand dollars and a first prize of more than a million and i think this is a really important thing to take stock of joe that we hear about the declining popularity of poker or the fact that people are more interested now in just snack size poker and playing stuff like spin and goes a 
two-day multi-table tournament, old-school classic poker, still attracted $56,215 entries. And the idea that someone could turn, you know, a a low buy-in into more than a million bucks proves that the dream is still alive and that this kind of, for want of a better phrase, classic poker is still alive and well. People still want to win a million dollars. And Khaleesi was victorious. She is sitting on the Iron Throne because Daenerys T was the winner (laughs) of the Sunday Million 12th anniversary take two from the Netherlands. Daenerys T won that first prize of, and I'm going to give the specific amount because it amuses me, $1,043.77. Don't forget to tip the dealer that 77 cents. Crucially, no deal was conducted. Now, sadly, we cannot give you an 11 million prize pool in our Poker in the Years free roll, but we can give you... But you could very easily win 77 cents. It's well within the realm that is true and also the prizes in these free rolls since we've found a way of restricting it to genuine poker in the ears listeners have been decent so this free roll was taking place on friday the 27th of april which obviously i appreciate is a very short notice period but we've got to get this game out of the way before we start running our uh Pokestars TV free rolls, the $2,000 free rolls during the live stream. So Friday the 27th of April at 3.35pm Eastern Daylight Time, that's 8.35pm British Summer Time, 9.35pm Central European Summer Time. The game won't appear in the lobby until 15 minutes before that start time. No late reg, only open to players in Europe and Canada. The name of the free roll, the name to search for in the lobby, EPT Eve because it's oh. taking place on the eve of our live stream from Monte Carlo, and the password is 7DayStream. That's the figure 7, the number 7, and then the words DayStream all added together. So if you were typing out the password, it would be number 7, D-A-Y-S-T-R-E-A-M, all lowercase. So, Joe, let's talk to our superfan, shall we? One of them loves the EPT, knows it inside out and would do anything for the European Poker Tour. The other one is Joe Stapleton. It's Superfan versus Stapes. Well, this week on Superfan versus Stapes, we welcome back to the podcast, former guest on this show, former online qualifier from last year's Monte Carlo main event, <laughs> Robert Pankowski. Hello again, Robert. Hello, hello. How are you doing, guys? Hey, Robert. Hey, Robert. Uh, I, lo- I love you, buddy, and everything, but uh, I'm going to have to say something mean to you right now. Fuck off. I. Why did you make me watch season <laughs> four of Black... I'm not... Look, I this show is undeniably good. It is a good show. It is objectively well-made television. I will never watch another sh- episode of this show ever again. I don't understand what the appeal is of being emotionally disturbed and beaten up over and over again. Occasionally, there'll be like one episode where they give you like a little bit of a break and it's not the most horrible thing that's ever happened. Are we sure that Robert is on the phone right now, James, or it's not just Robert's essence that's been trapped <laughs> for eternity? <laughs> <laughs> having to speak to Joe Stapleton in a perpetual living electronic hell. Wow. Did you watch them in a row? Did you watch them? Uh, did you binge watch them all I, in a row? I had to watch. Luckily, I had. Oh, you know what? I just realized. Uh Oh, I didn't even finish one of them. I watched Metalhead and Black Museum in a row. That's not good. Okay. I think we can all agree. Look, I think it's an absolutely outstanding series and I've loved every single season of Black Mirror. But 
it's not a show you can binge watch. I think it took me a month to watch the six or seven shows from uh, season four, spaced out with other stuff in between. And I understand, Joe, that you needed to get up to speed to do this quiz, but it's not the way to watch Black Mirror. Metalhead was like a Disney movie compared to Black Museum. Uh, okay. How come? Because at least that person, like, got to just die as opposed yeah. to living okay. in eternal pain. What? Like, what the fuck? What's particularly frightening about Metalhead is I think within a day of watching that episode, they then put that video out of that robot dog thing opening a door, and I'm like, oh my god, that thing from that TV show actually exists, and they're all going to start killing us. Yeah, the Boston... Uh... Boston Dynamics, guys, yeah. Anyway, Robert, um, how are you? How have things been since we last checked in? I'm good. I'm hanging there, trying to play some poker, trying to uh, qualify for another big tournament. You see, that was what I was hoping. I was hoping the circle would be complete. And obviously, on the eve of our seven-day live stream from Monte Carlo, I was hoping you'd tell us, do you know what, guys? I qualified again, and I will see you on the Riviera. Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> but well, I tried. I did try. Uh, didn't succeed. Uh, but I'm still uh, hoping to get uh, another chance to play, maybe in Barcelona. Um, I'll try to qualify there for sure. Well, the weird thing is, Robert, in 48 hours' time, Joe and I will be going to that bar at the Monte Carlo Bay. Uh, to find this year's Robert Pankowski. We'll have to find this year's online qualifier to follow. And We're going to have to find the guy this year that we rope into doing a bunch of vlog <laughs> footage for us, coming on the webcast, coming on the show as a guest, and then coming on the show as a super fan. And a pound of flesh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So here's the thing, Robert. I know you enjoy playing poker. I know you want to try and qualify for something again. So we'll make sure that providing you win this quiz, you get some form of satellite ticket for something. Um, thank you for picking season four of Black Mirror. I tasked Robbie the intern with compiling these questions. Robbie, whilst compiling this quiz, his hair changed from black to blonde. Now, that was not some strange side effect of compiling a Black Mirror quiz and binge-watching the tail end of season four. <laughs> Robbie lost a bet, Joe. The, a bunch of the guys from our team went up to Manchester to play some poker, and basically, whoever put in the worst performance had to dye their hair blonde. That was the prop bet. And, of course, Robbie got screwed over by Graphical Dave, who somehow scored points for being in a tag team event without playing a single hand of poker. And you know what, what it's like to be screwed over by Graphical Dave. I, how is Graphical Dave, first of all, still employed, second of all, still hanging out with people? I want everyone who associates with him also to face potentially losing their job. <laughs> Look, this is, the, this is the folly of youth, these young kids that work for us, these, these dummy, these little youths here. It should be whoever wins the most has to dye their hair. Why would you make a guy double up on their losses for losing the most and then he has to die? Poor kid. He's an intern. He goes to Manchester, loses his shirt. Then he's got to lose his head of hair, too. No, it's the winner that should have to dye their hair. I have to say, he is owning it, and he looks like a mid-1980s Bond villain right now with the bleached blonde hair. He's rocking it. Uh, anyway, it's Robbie's quiz. There are 12 questions. Uh, we'll give five questions each. Robert, you know the drill by now. There's multiple choice options, but you get two points if you don't need the choices. Uh 12 questions on the board. You get to go first. 
Give me a number. Okay, let's go with number seven. It is always coming seven. And question seven relates to the episode Crocodile. In Crocodile, Robert, who do the police use to catch Mia? They have a piece of technology uh, called the recaller. What is the recaller used on to catch Mia? Mia, who looks like Robbie, uh, got caught by because of a guinea pig. It was the guinea pig for two points. I need to get uh, good job, Robert. I need to get kind of lucky here on the questions. I realize Crocodile is the one that I I didn't finish. Well, you I, so far have swerved a question on Crocodile. Um, one through twelve, bar seven, Joe. One through twelve. Let's let's start off with my lucky number nine. Lucky number nine. It relates to Metalhead. We were just discussing it. All right. What were the main protagonists looking for in the warehouse at the start of Metalhead? A teddy bear. Correct for two points. Tied game after the first round. Next question, please, Robert. Uh, let's go for one. Question number one. At the end of USS Callister, the crew meet Gamer691. Who was the voice of Gamer691? Uh, Mr. Breaking Bad, Aaron Paul. It was Aaron Paul for two points. And there is a bonus question attached. Which other famous actor makes a guest appearance in this episode? Uh, it's, uh... Jesse Plymouth's fiance, Kirsten Dunst. It is Kirsten Dunst for a bonus point. I don't remember her being in it. Where does she pop up? I don't remember either. She's just walking around the the office somewhere in the background. I never noticed that. Uh, Strangely enough, it's not a show I'm willing to revisit and watch episodes more than (laughs) once. Uh, Joe, your second question. Which number would you like? Second question, second question. Number two. It relates to the episode Hang the DJ. How long did Frank and Amy's relationship actually last the second time they dated? Second time they dated. Uh, wait, the second time. There are this multiple like choice a- options available should you require them. Uh, I'll take the choices. 20 hours, one year, five years, or 12 hours? Five years. Incorrect. It was 20 hours. And you're now down 5-2. Oh, wait. How long did it actually last? I get it. Okay. Uh, Robert, questions 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 10, 11, 12 are available to you. Let's go for 12. Question number 12. Which is the first episode of Black Mirror to be directed by a woman? Uh, it's Archangel by Jodie Foster. That was the bonus question, so you score three points there. Congratulations. Uh, Joe, your next question. What? Uh, Jesus Christ. Fine. This is, this is really turning dark like an episode of Black Mirror. (laughs) It's not going to end well for you. You know that. No, it's really not. Uh, question, is four still available? Four is still available. And it's another question about USS Callister. What did Robert Daly do to Walton in order to make him follow orders? Uh, threaten his kid. What did he specifically do to his kid? Uh, uh, I'll take the choices. He tortured him with knives for months on end. He threatened to kill the real-life Walton. He turned him into a monster and deserted him. Or he threw his son out of an airlock. 
Out the airlock. It was the airlock for a point. Uh, Robert, next question. What's left? Uh, three, five, six, eight, ten, and eleven. Okay, eleven. Question eleven. We're back to Hang the DJ. Of the 1,000 simulations that Frank and Amy's relationship was tested through, how many times did they climb the wall and escape? Uh, 99.8. Ooh, it was actually 998. You expressed it as a percentage. So for oh, being yeah. a smart ass, I'm going to deduct <laughs> a point. Great, what's the score now? Uh, the score now is 7-3, so don't worry. You still have a very, very healthy lead. I like Robert, but that should be zero points. The number was 998. Joe, Joe, I took a point off him. He gained zero and lost oh. one. Oh, jeez. Oh, okay, never mind. I'm trying to wow. keep this competitive. I'm trying to throw you right. a freaking bone here. Sorry, I, I should, I'll just shut up now. <laughs> Three, five, six, eight, or ten? Ten. Ten. Black Museum, your favorite episode of all time, Joe. Oh, God. In that episode, a woman's consciousness is transferred into a stuffed toy. What are the only two phrases that the toy can speak? Oh, man. I don't want to get this wrong. I'll take the choices. Is it Teddy loves you and Teddy needs a cuddle? Monkey thinks that's great and Monkey needs a cuddle? Teddy thinks that's great and Teddy needs a hug? Or Monkey loves you and monkey needs a hug. Monkey loves you, monkey needs a hug. Congratulations, you scored a point. <laughs> uh, Robert, final question. Three, five, six, or eight. Oh, why did you fucking make me think about that again? God damn it. <laughs> He's not going to uh, sleep tonight. Yeah, I'll take eight. Question number eight. USS Callister again. During that episode, we see a DNA scanner. In which other episode do we see the same device? In uh, Joe's favorite episode, Black Museum. Congratulations, two points are yours. And there's a bonus question. What is in the DNA scanner when we see it in Black Museum? Uh, the, the, the sun's lollipop. It is the sun's lollipop for a bonus point. Uh, Joe, it's still in your head. Uh, questions three, five, and six. Pick one. I actually would have gotten all of those ones. Uh, question three. Question three. Hang the DJ. When Frank and Amy first meet, their meals are pre-chosen. What did each of them have? All right, I'm going to take a guess on this one because I'm far behind. I'm going to get close. It's going to be... Pumpkin ravioli. Two-part answer. I need the second part. Pumpkin ravioli and... I, I guess I need choices now. God damn it. Okay, I'm going to help you out here. What would you have on your birthday? Cake. And what would be in that cake if you put stuff that you find in the sea in it? <laughs> Crab cakes. No! <laughs> Without claws. Fish Fish cake. Yes, well done, Joe. Two points are yours, <laughs> which means it's closer than it could have been. Uh, but the final score of this edition of Superfan vs. Stapes is six points to Joe, ten points to Robert Pankowski. Congratulations again, Robert. We're going to send you more free shit. Yes. Thanks, guys. Well, make sure you get another satellite ticket so that hopefully we'll see you back on the tour sometime soon. 
I'll try to. I'll try to see. I want to. I want to see you back on the tour and not on eBay with all the fucking shit we've sent you. <laughs> okay, I, w- I promise I won't sell it. And hopefully, at the very least, you'll be watching Monte Carlo this year, Robert, and uh, you can join us in the chat on Twitch or on Twitter. Yes, for sure. Uh, I plan to watch it, and uh, I'll see who you pick for my uh, for my substitute for this year. Your successor. Successor. There we go. Cheers, Robert. We'll speak to you again soon. Thanks. Cheers. All right, my babies, that is just about all the time we got for this week's show. And for the next few weeks, we are taking a few weeks off to do Monaco and to recover. Funny uh, story, James. So I'm missing a week of the TV show to come to Monaco to do this. And we are having on this week uh, Jake Johnson, who is in that movie, Win It All, that you and I both really liked. Rob Riggle, uh, who is one of my favorite comedians. And Haley Joel Osment, which means that I am going to miss out on the opportunity to do my classic joke of, you see dead people? Well, I see debt people. I'm all in. Yeah, I actually think you're saving the audience there by not I'm being saving. There. I'm saving the audience, I'm saving him, yeah. and I'm saving myself. Uh, for a moment, I thought you were going to say that you've got Alex Foxen on the show while you're away, because this guy's becoming a fucking enigma. When are we going to get him on Poker in the Ears? He wrote to me last night to be like, oh, my God, I'm the worst. I'm so sorry to get back to you about this week. Luckily, we had Maria, who we wanted to have on anyway. And I said, don't worry about it, dude. I'm going to try you again in a few weeks. So, yes, we are still aiming to get Alex Fox on the show. Also, we need more super fans. Do not forget. Tweet at us. Hashtag poker in the ears. We've had a few applications in the last few weeks. It's looking good. So I'm going to start once we're back from Monte Carlo and we've got an extra week off after that. I'm going to take some time to start booking people in and I'll tip you guys off on what the subjects are so that you can play along at home. And crucially, Joe, you can do your homework. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll have the opportunity to do my homework. Uh, Whether or not I do it remains to be seen. So maybe Alex Foxen on the uh, on the next this is turning into the whole Kimmel Matt Damon thing right sure is absolutely and guys I've got homework but please you've got homework as well please subscribe comment like do those little things that get us clicks and that get our little graphs moving up and down and algorithms flowing because we want to bring you this show for as long as we possibly can and please join us from the 28th to the 4th of May Pokestars TV that's twitch.tv slash Pokestars or youtube.com slash Pokestars looking forward to seven days of live coverage from the to give it its full title Pokestars and Monte Carlo Casino EPT all right my babies that is all the time we got for this week's show for James Hardigan I am Joe Stapleton I'll smell you later <laughs> <laughs>